My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we, we are, are the Extra Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode seven. In this episode, we will be discussing Happy Death Day, the 2017 film, and also Happy Death Day to You, which is a new film that came out the same week that we're recording this. It came out on February 13th, and this will contain spoilers. So if you have plans to see the movie and you haven't yet, you should stop, go see the movie, and then after you've seen it, come back. But if you don't mind a spoiler review, then go ahead and proceed. I feel like it's been forever since we've recorded. Me too. We did a double recording and then you were with Brad and I feel like I haven't been in here forever. So it's been like three weeks since Mm -hmm. we've recorded together. I texted you and I was like, man, I really miss it. It's been weird. I know, right? And I feel like I don't even remember what to do anymore because I haven't done it forever. Well, we're going to have to just figure it out together all over again. So we went and saw this the day it came out, myself and you and your boyfriend Connor. Yep. And hopefully a new friend. She came with us too. Shout out to her. That was pretty cool. Yeah. It is always fun to have horror movie fans. However, this going into this might be kind of um, horror loosely. This is a horror movie. Uh, Even the first one. Yeah. And the second one is even more loose. Yeah. It's a fun movie. Very fun. It's really funny. There was one part where I thought I was going to die laughing. And the second one? the... The second one. It, it is so a really funny. funny movie. It's They're both funny movies. They're like fun PG-13 date night movies. Most definitely. So before the movie even starts, we start with the Universal Studios logo. And I, I really like the beginning because it really, it's different from any of the others. It just starts to do the logo and the song and then it stops and flashes and then it does it again and then it stops and flashes and then it does it again and then it stops and flashes and it goes through exactly (laughs) it's great it's a really good lead up and even the second one does a similar thing Mm -hmm. it starts to do it and then it cuts and there's another one right next to it yes dual screen and then they do it again and there's three of them so it's really cool that they do something some cute things like that in the beginning the first one the main character's name is Tree, like T-R-E-E, but right. her name is Teresa, right. but you call her Tree, and she is a pretty typical sorority blonde. She's a bitch to everyone. She's really snobby and stuck up, and not a lot of people like her. Right. So it's interesting, as we'll talk about in a minute, her character development, because this whole movie is premised around this character's development, mm-hmm. but she starts off such a bitch. Yeah, just like a mean girls. Exactly, type of exactly. And you know, it's sororities get a bad rap because they're not. I mean, I've known plenty of my friends that have been in sororities, but this is like the typical movie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, sorority where they shit on everyone that's not in with mm-hmm. them, and they're mean to bigger girls or girls that don't wear makeup, right. things like that. She's very judgmental. So it starts out on Tree's birthday, which is why it's called Happy Death Day, Mm -hmm. because it's her birthday. And it kind of shows how much of a bitch she is because she comes in, she wakes up, and she's in this random guy's room. Mm -hmm. His name is Carter. He'll become important later. And she's like, who the fuck are you? And she's like, just give me my shit. Do you have Tylenol? And I'll be on my way. Right. She's just, you know, going through, and she gets back to her 
sorority house, and she shares, uh, she's a roommate with... Well, first, along the way, she's treating everybody. Oh, like yeah. Like, shit. Like, there's a person who asks for her to sign a petition, and she just ignores her and walks away. Mm-hmm. And she watches these kids get hit by sprinklers, doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Watches some kid fall over, doesn't say anything. There's some guy that took her out on a date, and she has this really cruel line of... He took her to Subway for their first date, and it's not like he had a foot long, which actually was the <laughs> actress. She ad-libbed that. Yeah. That was her joke. They said, the director said that she did that quite a bit. Like, she was just really funny. Oh, really? She did the a, whole thing? Yeah, she did a really good job in this movie. She's something I really enjoyed about this movie, Jessica Roth. She did a good job. She did mm-hmm. a great job. She's a good actress. But she gets back to her sorority house, and she walks in. She's roommates with a girl named Lori, and Lori's all excited because she made her a birthday cake, and Tree's like... It's too many carbs and just throws it right in the trash. So mm-hmm. it just kind of gives you a glimpse of, like, how much of a bitch she is. Right. And Lori's just like, what the hell? You're not going to eat the cupcake I made for you? I made it from scratch. And she moves on. Mm-hmm. And then you see her move on and you find out that she is sleeping with her bio professor who is a doctor at the university hospital who right. is married. Right. And her roommate knows. She right. kind of, they have like a thing right in front of the elevator where you realize that Lori knows that she's doing this. Yeah, Lori's like, you shouldn't be doing this or whatever. And mm-hmm. Trey's like, mm, it's none of your damn business. Right, exactly. And that's pretty much where that ends off. And Lori comes off as very caring, like, hey, like, it's probably not a good idea to get wrapped up in this. And Trey's just like, F you, I don't care. Yeah. And moves on and his wife ends up showing up before they get jiggy with it. <laughs> yeah, and how did she make that? Like, she pushes the chair against the wall, this rolling chair, and manages right under the freaking Because candle. it's a cheesy movie. Exactly. It's, like, not a bad cheesy movie. But in but real it's... life, how many times would she have to practice that? Yeah, it or... was definitely on a string or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she basically just goes to her... She sleeps with this guy, and then she's back at her sorority house, essentially. And Well, she doesn't sleep with him this time. because mm-hmm. She tries. The wife. Yeah, but... She visits him to sleep with him and doesn't get around to it. And it shows her back at her sorority house and her sorority sisters. There's the head of their sorority is Danielle. Mm-hmm. She's a bitch. They're all, I yep. mean, they're, they're just mean girls, like you said. Yep. Which is the whole the whole thing here. Mm-hmm. And it's her birthday, so they're having a party for her. She doesn't know that because it's a surprise party. Right. But they're having a party for her. And so they're like, hey, when are you going to be at the party? And she's like, oh, I'll come eventually. And then there's a blackout. Mm-hmm. And this is not the first time this blackout has happened. Right. And something on campus is causing this. Right. She ends up walking to this party by herself at night through the campus, which I don't College campuses at night usually are pretty busy, so it's usually not that big of a deal to walk around right. alone, you know? In a, in a skimpy dress with, no offense, but seems like some rowdy, drunk teenage boys. Yeah. Young adults or whatever. Exactly. And uh, she's walking around and you see all these people in this stupid fucking mask can we just talk about bayview university is that what it's called bayview the the babies yes who who would have a scholarship for football to go play with the babies and want to do that who would want to go play the babies well, probably everyone. <laughs> but being the babies, like, that's horrible. It, yeah, I'm a baby. I gotta give them. It is kind of a creepy mask. It is a very creepy mask. But the whole mascot of that school in real life? Who no. done that? Exactly. 
Uh, it, there's no real backstory except for, like, if you look up the movie, it says the director was expecting a baby when he was filming, mm-hmm. and so he said he had babies on the mind or something like that, so. Right. The creator of that mask actually also created Ghostface for Scream, which was kind of cool, but. Yeah, and he does special effects, and he's very involved in the horror movie community. He does, like, special effects and things like mm-hmm. that for a lot of movies, so that's kind of cool. And again, it is a creepy mask. It is, but it's a stupid mascot. Yeah, it is a stupid mascot. By the way, I apologize if I'm like kind of sniffly. I literally have gotten sick every time we've recorded. I'm pretty sure she's allergic to podcasting, but we're going to make it through. Man, (laughs) I have been so sick for like a month now with bronchitis, and it's clearing up now that I'm on horse pill antibiotics (laughs) and promethazine codeine syrup, which, I mean, that shit is... not remember things like it's intense <laughs> so i apologize if i sound kind of gross or if i mindlessly sniff because i just did that when you were talking and i was like oh shit can't edit that out so again all right just i apologize in advance so she's walking through this tunnel there's all these splashing construction signs and i'm like is that really the only way to go exactly down this creepy tunnel by yourself once again in this skimpy dress when people seem to be rowdy right now I don't, a lot of signs on why would you do that. There are literally flashing signs. Right, exactly. <laughs> don't do this. <laughs> and there's a music box sitting right in the middle of the tunnel. And let me just tell you, if I saw a music box, like just, and it's playing Happy Birthday, mm-hmm. in that very creepy music boxy mm-hmm. kind of tonage. If I saw, even just saw something sitting in the middle of the tunnel by itself, I turn my ass around. Mm-hmm. It's in the middle for a reason, because... Someone wants your attention. Right. They either want you at the other end, or you're going to try to run away, and they're going to be at that end. Right. Either way, you're going to be distracted. Right. And they're going to come up on you. And so, she, of course, she leans all the way down to inspect this music box. And I'm like, no. And then there's a little standoff. So uh, there's... Well, I, I've... Yeah, no, go ahead. I have so many problems with the music box. Like, she gets to the other side of the music box, so it's behind her, and then it turns back on. So that means someone had to... Go behind her, turn it back on, and then hide again. Where? Where did they hide? Did she not hear them running? That's what true. is going on? Yeah. I'm so confused about the music box. I don't understand. I don't understand what it's really needed for. Honestly. Just a horror movie gimmick. Exactly. Yeah. But if you put it in real life things, which I know you shouldn't always do with horror movies, and I shouldn't be doing it now. I should ignore it and let the movie be. But how? How did they turn it back on? Yeah, I thought the same thing, actually. It was like in my notes. I was like, um, okay. All of a sudden, it's yeah. just there. And so there's a standoff, mm-hmm. and you see a figure. It's not really, it's pretty androgynous. I mean, it's a black sweatshirt, jeans, yeah. hoodie, baby mask. Like, you can't really tell if it's male or female. Right. It looks like a male, the figure, but again, you can't really tell. And there's a little standoff where they just stare at each other, and she decides, mm, after, like, can I help you? Like, mm-hmm. you don't ask questions. Yeah. Just take your heels off and run. Exactly. Take them off, ditch them, and run. And then the standoff ends in the first kill. Her first her first death. Mm-hmm. She gets stabbed and wakes up again to her, it's your birthday, ringtone <laughs> that you hear over you and over and over. You ain't got to pick up the phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they actually um, were going to use, I think, a 50 Cent song. In the club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And news. they couldn't get the rights to nope. it, so they just created this, like, hey, it's your birthday. Which honestly is better and fits way better, and I it's think. it's theirs. So when people, like, get that yeah, stuck in their exactly. head or hear it, or I bet they're selling it as a ringtone, it is specifically Happy Death Day right. specific. So not a bad 
not a bad idea in the first place. But she wakes up in the dorm room of the guy that she woke up, you know. Right. Except this time she's confused. She's a little bit nicer because she's like, um, hi, can I have some Tylenol? And she's like, it's over there. And Right, because it's seeming oddly familiar to her. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, sure. And so she puts on her clothes and then she does her walk of shame. I wrote down the order of the things that happen. And there's this dude, and I wrote down Chris Angel, because he looks, he's, like, in all black and long hair and, like, you know the magician in Las Vegas? I know who Chris is. I'm trying to remember him in in the movie. He just walks by her, and he, like, looks at her weird, and she walks by him, and then the global warming petition. Yep. And then the sprinklers go off, and then the car alarm, and then the frat boy passes out. And then the dude she went on a date with, she runs into, Mm -hmm. and he's like, oh, why didn't you call me? Meh, meh, meh. And she does this walk of shame over and over in this movie. Right. And that's exactly the point she hits. And so uh, my question was, did they, like, film these same scenes perfectly over and over and over? Right. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they have to be... She's different in each one of them. But every single time they act it out, it has to be perfect to a T. The inflection on their voice, their facial expressions, the way the guy passes out. Like, everything has right. to be perfect. And it seems kind of... I'm not saying computers can't do it because they absolutely can, but it seems kind of like they would actually do that many takes of the different scenes. Right. And I think they did. Correct me if I, you know any different, but I'm pretty sure they just filmed it over and over. Yeah, I feel like, well, I feel like they only filmed it, I was doing some research and I feel like they only filmed it like two or three times mm-hmm. of that. So it, they didn't have to do it over and over and over again, I don't think. Mm, but I mean, that's it. still three times of having to do it exactly the same. That's still yeah. quite a bit. That's a lot to ask from actors, yeah. especially just like they're not. I, they're more than extras, but they're it wasn't like not they're essential. Big names yeah, or anything, yeah, right. She also, when she gets back to the sorority house, there's a girl sitting outside that waves at her, and her sorority head's like, "Hey, we have a house meeting at lunch today," mm-hmm. and so you know all these things. There was more that happened that day, like the guy she was with ran into her and spilled on her, you know, just Mm -hmm. little things like that. But she's, you know, living the same day over and over. So when she goes back to her sorority house, you know, the head of the house or whatever is like, hey, there's a house meeting and she gets up to her room and her roommate's like, look who rolls in or whatever. Mm -hmm. And here's your cake. And she always has excuses and never eats the cupcake. And her roommate's like, come on, eat this cupcake I made for you. I, I, I worked hard on it. Come on. And then it follows the same formula. She's late. She, she's late to class. She goes to see the professor in his office at the hospital. Wife walks in, yada, yada, yada. So all these same things are happening. The only thing that changes is every time she comes back, her behavior is different, mm-hmm. obviously. Because she's hasn't. She's kind of figured it out the second time, but she's kind of like, maybe I just have weird deja vu or right. something. But she has the surprise party that night, mm-hmm. which she didn't get to the night before because she got killed before she got to it. Right. And so she goes into this house and opens the door and there's a dude in a black sweatshirt and jeans and a baby mask and she decks him in the face. (laughs) Which is awesome. Yeah, and then it turns out that he's just some dude and it's her surprise party. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) this was probably one of my favorite scenes. This guy named Nick, Danielle, her best best friend Mm -hmm. and the head of the sorority, really likes this guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, apparently... He's into Tree, and Tree's made out with Danielle's love interest before. Right. So Danielle's like, don't you fucking dare. But Tree goes up to this guy Nick's room. Mm-hmm. And he, I, I thought this was so funny. And 
he puts the mask back on to scare her because it scared her the first time. And he says, he took the mask off and he looked at her and he said, welcome to the pleasure dome. And in this room, he's got a disco ball. He's got all these like laser light shows. And so he turns on this music and he just starts bumping, like dancing like an idiot. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so over this. And she's like turned around texting Mm -hmm. someone and you see the actual killer come out of the closet. And it's so loud. So she can't hear what's going on. But the killer kills Nick right behind her. Right. And what got me was she turns around and like looks at him and is like, Nick, I'm over this. Like, I don't want to do this. Take the mask off. Nick is laying dead <laughs> right, right next to him. And she doesn't like, if I looked behind me right now, I, I have peripheral vision. That's mm-hmm. a thing I would probably see. And I guess it's dark and there are lights and all this stuff going right. on. There's a body laying there. And so of course a struggle ensues and she fucking dies again. Yeah, she gets stabbed. Oh, but not before some other dude opens the door and basically sees what looks like she might be getting date raped. Yeah. And he just laughs and walks away. He's super fucked up and he's like... Yeah, like basically going, good job, and then leaves. What the fuck? I don't know, man. Like, I'm not trying to be... This is a horror movie podcast, so I'm not trying to be political, but it's kind of like highlights a lot of problems, you know? Right? But yeah, so she gets stabbed with... I don't remember what he broke off and stabbed her with. Was it a bong? Yeah. Okay. And then she wakes up again. And then day three begins. And so she does the same thing. She does the same walk of shame. She wakes up in Carter's room. Same walk of shame that she does. She gets to her sorority house. And this time she tells Lori that she's living the same day over and over. And she's totally losing it. Like, she tells Lori someone's trying to kill her. And so she's freaking out. And... This time, she's not fucking playing around. And she, it cuts to nighttime, and she's boarding up her windows, and she pushes her dresser in front of her door, and she has no intention of leaving her bedroom. Which is pretty, I was about to say, that's pretty smart. You know, if somebody you know is after you, the safest thing to do is to control your exits and your entrance points. Right. I think that I'm really paranoid because, of course, I think it goes kind of hand in hand. People that are into horror movies are usually into true crime. Yeah serial killers spree killers and since i research a lot of uh spree killings specifically Mm -hmm. i'm always aware of my entrances and my exits and all those things and who's around me all the time you were mentioning that to me i was gonna say we were actually talking about that literally today as how i was leaving barnes and noble the other day and i just was super aware about there was a car over there there was someone driving there there was someone sitting at a table over there i just know exactly where everyone is at all times in my surrounding yeah which I attribute to horror movies and true crime. Absolutely. Yeah. And so if you're in that kind of situation, it's not a great idea to back yourself into a corner. But if you know that where you're at is safe right now and you can keep it boarded up and controlled and you cut out those loose variables, mm-hmm. then that's probably honestly what I would do in her situation. Absolutely. Board myself up in a bedroom and... Yeah, and just wait it out. You can't live like that, but you could at least... I mean, she's trying to save herself right here, right now. Right, she's trying to survive the day. Exactly. And so that's exactly what I would do. But, of course, nothing works out. Right. She sees a birthday card in her room, and she opens it, and it's the mascot, the baby mascot. Yeah. And it's kind of got this little tune to it, like those annoying ones that you open up Mm -hmm. and it sings. 
and it says enjoy because there's no tomorrow and then spooky stuff starts happening the whole formula horror movie things the tv is cutting in and out right there's a the blackout that happened mm-hmm. you know it happens the same time because it's the same day right over and over and she hears the tv comes back on and she hears briefly hears this new story about a killer at the university hospital mm-hmm. but then she thinks someone's in her bathroom right which how a lot of this movie you're like how what Right, she's Why? boarded everything up. She's blocked it all. How did he get in there? And yeah, a lot of this movie, you're like, what the, how the, mm-hmm. what? Again, formula horror movie where she's walking very slowly. Doesn't turn on the bathroom light. I don't remember right? if this is during the blackout, but I don't think it is. I don't think so. It's a quick I think blip. it's just that room. Yeah. So she doesn't turn on off. the bathroom light, and she goes in and she's walking very slowly towards the shower curtain, and she's mm-hmm. right about to whip it back, and of course that's a. Formula suspense moment mm-hmm. in horror movies. And the killer ends up, guess what? Being behind her. Well, yeah, because she flips around because the TV turned back on all loud all of a sudden. Yeah. Which, how? Right. How did that happen? Oh, wait. An epiphany. Maybe Maybe the killer had an extra remote? Maybe. Okay. It would, okay, I it could would deal make with that one. sense, you know, if, if you have to kind of fill in those blanks for yourself. Yeah. And ho- movies in general, but also horror movies, they don't owe you an explanation for a lot of these things. A lot of it is left up to interpretation. But there was just a lot in this movie where you're like, why and how? Because, right. like, in Halloween, you know why mm-hmm. and you know how. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, how, you know how he escaped, how he ended up there, all these things. So they're going for, like, a slasher here. Right. But this... The problem with slashers is they're usually just incredibly strong. They're not also mm-hmm. supernatural and can just randomly turn on the music box and stuff like that. So right. that's a little different. Yeah. It, again, leaves a lot open to mm-hmm. a lot of open-ended questions. At least she she does a really good job of arming herself. She does. And all she of these. Gets, she slowly gets to be such a good person at surviving. Mm-hmm. She's so good at that. I guess if you get a lot of chances. Dies a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she dies a lot, so mm-hmm. she learns how to survive. Right. So. That's what I literally wrote down here. The killer ends up behind her, and she knocks him with a hammer. And mm-hmm. I wrote, she's quite the fighter. Mm-hmm. She's got a lot of she fight She really in tries. Her, but she doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't win. Right. And she wakes up on day four, and she is in full freakout mode. Uh, yeah, as she should be. Yeah. I mean. She's that, died three times now. Yeah. And also, living the same day over and over and over, even if you weren't being killed and you just kept waking up on the same day. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much longer I would want to be alive. Yeah, fair. Like, that just sounds so terrifying. You're just waiting to die every single day. Yeah. She ends up asking Carter for help. Mm -hmm. She hasn't, she told Lori, you know, somebody's trying to kill me, da da da. And Lori's just like, chill the fuck out, bruh. Right. Uh, But she ends up telling Carter, like, please help me, please help me. And then she tries to explain it. And he's like, okay, let's say this is true. Why is it happening today? What's symbolic about today? And she's like, well, it's my birthday. But that's not a big deal. And he's like, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, just some, it's symbolic for something. And they make a list of suspects together. And she realizes there's a lot because she's been really horrible to a lot of right. people. <sighs> something that... This was intentional because they don't do things in movies like this unintentionally. But it drove me fucking crazy. All she has to do mm-hmm. is take her fingers... And rub underneath her eyes up, and that eyeliner that's just running down her face <laughs> is gone, or at least better. 
she's just con- I guess at this point she doesn't give a fuck but right she's there. just got all, the whole movie she's just got yeah eyeliner just smudged all under her eyes and I'm like girl just look it away with your fingers it's obviously not good eyeliner <laughs> so just get rid of it it drove me nuts I wrote it in in caps right there <laughs> and so they come up with a plan for her to keep dying until she figures it out so she starts spying on all these suspects basically Mm -hmm. and the first one she puts on her list is tim which is the guy during her walk of shame that she says you don't take a girl on a first date to subway right and she's like well maybe it's him because i blew him off and she goes and spies on him and looks in his window and see him sees him watching gay porn and so she's like not him but then she turns around and gets killed Mm -hmm. and so the next day she's like okay She's looking at Stephanie, which is Gregory, the doctor's wife. Oh, that's who she was watching? Mm -hmm. For some reason, I thought it was Danielle. Okay, that makes more sense. Yep, and that's when she is watching at their mansion, and there's a pool. And for some reason, she thought, oh, pool? That's fine. Mm -hmm. And she gets drowned. She Mm -hmm. wakes back up. And now she's looking at Danielle as a suspect, but Mm -hmm. then she... They get into a cat fight. <laughs> she beats the crap out of her. Yeah. <laughs> and then she gets killed. Mm-hmm. So Danielle's off the list. And then this day that she wakes up, she takes a naked stroll through campus just because she can. Because she's at this level of like, fuck it. I'm mm-hmm. going to die anyways. I can do whatever the fuck I want right now. Right. And that naked scene, this was filmed at a university in Louisiana. And school was in session when they filmed this. And she was actually fully nude mm-hmm. when they shot this which they don't even show it's pg-13 right they don't show anything mm-hmm. i mean it's just her shoulders up basically so why but, make her walk around naked but students wandering through campus that actually went to school there got to see everything yeah and this the crew had such a hard time like dealing with the bystanders and mm-hmm. trying to get them not to watch that they only had like well, two yeah, takes fair. of this how many times do you see well i don't know it's a campus maybe you see a lot of <laughs> naked women just wandering through i don't know i don't know either i didn't go to a big school like exactly that, but yeah so they when every time they cut they had like female crew members like running to her with jackets to cover mm-hmm. her up and i gotta give her kudos for that honestly i'd be like this is pg-13 right I can just, like, tape my boobs and, like, right. wear a skirt or a pair of shorts or whatever, and nobody's going to know. But I guess she's not a half-assed person. She mm-hmm. went full ass. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, she gets killed. <laughs> These kills are happening quicker and quicker and quicker because right now she's just kind of, We're in the montage phase of the movie. Right. You know, and she just keeps coming back, and she's like, man, this fucking sucks. But every time she comes back, we realize, and she realizes that she's getting weaker. She keeps waking up with, like, this pain, Mm -hmm. and she keeps holding her stomach. So something is happening, and she wakes up this time, and she passes out Mm -hmm. and wakes up in the hospital, which is a change to her day. Which seems very drastic. Mm -hmm. Like, she wakes up and passes out and ends up in the hospital. But then, I know we're jumping, I'm jumping ahead of this again. No, yeah, go ahead. She continues to die a couple more times, Mm -hmm. and those wake-ups don't even seem to affect her so what the heck i don't they had to throw in this hospital scene yeah to i guess set up the rest of the movie and that's how they did it Mm -hmm. the doctor she's banging tells her it's amazing that she's still alive because he's got these scans of her body and her injuries seem like they're lasting and they're forming all these scar tissues like every time she's been stabbed it's got scar tissue and he's like i don't know how you're alive it looks like you've died like right it's amazing and she's like yeah yeah blah 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 and she, she tells him that she's thirsty, and since they're banging, he's like, okay, I'm going to get you a soda. <laughs> and she bails from her hospital room and sneaks into 
his office. Oh, what she yanks the thing. Why do they always do that in horror movies? That looks so painful. They like just yank. But there's the tape and yeah. the IV, which are going two separate ways. So how do people do that and not just hurt the crap out of themselves? I don't get Maybe it. Maybe it's adrenaline. Oh, I mean, I if you're trying to fair. escape the hospital, you're like, gotta get out, gotta get out, gotta that's get the shit out. And so, I don't know, I've never yanked a needle out of my arm. I think that's where I'd fail. I'd be like, um, the killer can come get me because there's something stuck in my arm and I'm freaked. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I'll just die here. <laughs> but she bails from her hospital room and sneaks into his office, and she's going through his drawer to find car keys, mm-hmm. and she finds a baby mask. Right. In one of his drawers. So you're like, oh, shit, he's trying to get rid of her. Right. Which is... Makes sense. It's interesting because in the last movie, when Brad and I talked about My Bloody Valentine, you, it makes you think that it's mm-hmm. Axel trying to get rid of the side hoe that he right. impregnated, you know? And this kind of makes you think the same thing. But really quickly, you figure out, I wrote, it ain't though, because <laughs> the doctor gets stabbed. Yes. And she runs away, and the killer's running after her. And Brad actually mentioned, this killer actually runs like, That's a good point. Because a lot of the other ones just kind of stalk. Like Michael Myers. And like know. show up somehow. He just, they just use that fear of you being chased. Like cat and mouse. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But this killer actually hauls ass yeah. after her. And they end up in a parking garage, garage and she has the doctor's car keys. And so she like sets off like the little right, lock sound. Right, she can't find it. Right. Which is really smart until you're also have a right. killer that if gets wind of if that's the car you're going to he's going to try to beat you there mm-hmm. she does end up finding the car and mm-hmm. getting away and it's very close though because she literally gets in the car and he falls down i think she like hits him or something like that and mm-hmm. he stumbles and she gets in the car it's a very close call he actually bashes in the window but she ends up reversing really quickly smashes into another car and is able to get away she's so exhilarated like she's screaming yes i did it right. she's laughing and smiling and then she gets pulled over mm-hmm. in a stolen mercedes yeah and the cop is like are you drunk like she's in a hospital gown she doesn't have id or anything and she's like if i am does that mean you have to take me to jail and he's like yeah that's what it means and she's like cuff me take so me to jail <laughs> smart of her i was so proud of her to do that because that's that's what i would do is yes absolutely take me in put me in a jail cell no one can get to you yeah she's like yes pills alcohol mm. weed all of them i'm fucked up <laughs> so he's like okay he handcuffs her throws her in the back of a cop car mm-hmm. and then gets nailed by a car yeah. which you immediately you're like "Ooh, killer got a car <laughs> And this is an interesting kill because she's handcuffed in the back of this cop car and she's like, what the fuck do you want? Yelling at him or her or whomever it is. Mm -hmm. And the killer gets back in their car Mm -hmm. and has this little birthday candle that it lights. And this car got sideswiped, the cop car, and so it's leaking fuel. And Mm -hmm. you can guess the killer drops the candle and the car explodes and she wakes up. Mm -hmm. And... It sucks. This would be so frustrating because you told Carter about this already. Right. And she wakes up and he has no idea. So she has to explain it again. But instead of explaining it, she's like, here, come with me. And she's like, petition, sprinklers, car alarm. He's going to pass out. And Carter's mm-hmm. like, you know exactly what's happening. You right. Know? And then she goes out to dinner with Carter 
And it's so funny because she burps. And he's like, oh, wow, or something. And she's like, that ain't it. And she just like lets out a huge fart. And I'm like, she's like, you're not going to remember it anyway. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so this is a funny movie. You get mm-hmm. some good some good laughs in this. They, they're connecting at this point. Mm-hmm. Their relationship is deepening, even though he only remembers her for this one day or whatever. Right. And she has a lot of self-reflection moments here. This is when she really reflects on who she is and that she's a bad person and all this stuff. And it gives her character a lot more depth. Because you've come to like her at this point and root for her. Right. But she really starts to want to be a better person here and realize that this experience has really taught her that she is a shitty person. And she tells Carter that her mother died mm-hmm. and they share the same birthday and that really affected her and that her mom wouldn't be proud of who she's become. And this whole movie, her dad's been trying to get hold of her. Right. And she keeps blowing them off. Yeah. Like literally the first time she dies, she's walking through a horde of people and she's on her phone. And I honestly, I've seen this movie a few times now. I mm-hmm. just realized it's a voicemail from her dad saying, yeah. I can't believe you Left stood me, me up. Yeah. He's been sitting there for like an hour waiting yeah. for her. Yeah. While they're sitting in the cafe another story comes on or the same story comes on about the killer in the hospital his name is john tombs and she's like oh my god he's been here the whole time that's who's she's killing finally me putting it together yeah that's who's fucking killing me and so she she goes to the hospital and she tells the receptionist she, he's gonna escape he's gonna escape of course the receptionist is like what the fuck crazy bitch like, right exactly are you and she sees an axe which are these things still around they may be and i may just not know it but do people just still keep like axes for firemen in glass cases they might i honestly don't know but there is one and she breaks the glass and she gets it Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really help her because the killer has a gun and has already killed a cop right and he basically after a struggle corners her and right as he's about to shoot her carter tackles him he ends up coming out of the wings and tackles him and but, oh, this is kind of, he gets his neck snapped. Yeah. Like, turned around, almost. And she basically beats him over the, beats, beats the killer over the head, but realizes if she doesn't reset, then Carter is gone for good. Because mm-hmm. she's actually doing pretty well. She, uh, you know, she beats him over the head, it slows him down. So she has a shot, but then she realizes if she wins, yeah, Carter doesn't get to come back. Which really sucks, because obviously she's like, he just gave his life to save me Mm -hmm. and she hangs herself yeah there at a there's a bell tower at uh, this bayfield university hospital and the killer's chasing her up the stairs the whole time but she beats him up there and she puts a the rope around her neck and hangs herself but this time she comes back really nice and positive and she wants to make changes because she had that moment of self-reflection when she was with carter at the diner so she comes back and He says something like, you know, you can come back and be whoever you want to be. So this time she chooses to be a really good person. Right. She's very, very different from the Mm -hmm. other character that we've seen. She hugs Carter and she's like, thank you so much for saving me and giving your life for me. And he's like, the fuck? I don't know you. Like, you know, I I just. Meanwhile, his roommate keeps opening the door, calling her a fine vagina. (laughs) And this time she spanks him and calls him a naughty boy and then walks out. <laughs> yeah, she. I again, I really like her character mm-hmm. in this, especially her development. How much you just really root for her and then grow right. to actually like her is awesome. <laughs> but she goes back to her sorority house, and you know the same. Danielle stops her again on the staircase, like, oh, like wait, isn't that when she was 
she signed the petition and yeah, gave exactly. She told the people about the sprinkler, gave some guy a pillow. Yeah, she grabbed Carter's yeah. pillow. The the they were doing a fraternity was not doing like a full on hazing, but they were putting yeah. their rushes through ninety nine bottles of beer on the wall for twenty five hours. And so yes. this guy passes out, and she drops the pillow underneath him before his head hits the ground. So she's really like being a very yeah. positive. And she person. even tells Tim that hey. You're, you're gay. It's okay. Go find someone love amazing. Love is love. Yeah. yeah. And Tim's like, the fuck? <laughs> and, but she gets back to her sorority house, and Danielle is like, where the fuck were you? Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, his name is Carter, and if I make it through today, I'm going to have his babies. <laughs> <laughs> and she has this really sweet moment with her roommate, Lori. She's been a bitch to her, and she acknowledges that, and but she basically says, you know, I'm sorry for being shitty. Mm-hmm. And her roommate's like, okay. After she makes amends with her roommate, she interrupts the professor's class that he's teaching, mm-hmm. and she ends it. And So she's making all these positive changes in her life. And then she finally goes to lunch with her dad. Mm-hmm. She shows up, and she has a really emotional, touching moment with her dad and saying how much she has hated her birthday because it reminds her so much of her mom, and she hasn't been able to acknowledge it. And she's just been so sad and she's sorry and she wants to change that but that doesn't do it justice to sum it up like that they do a really good job at the emotional scenes in mm-hmm. both they of do. these movies the first one and the second one which we'll get to in a minute yeah it really makes you feel mm-hmm. especially if you've had loss of yeah, really the any second sort one is really hard yeah of any sort in your life it really gets you and they did a really good job so again you get that character connection with her but after this emotional bullshit <laughs> she's ready for war Mm -hmm. she's she's fucking done so she goes you know she goes back to the hospital she tells the cop there's a cop there guarding the the killer Mm -hmm. and she holds a knife to his neck yeah she does which it also never answers like i i know that eventually people are like oh you were right you have saved you know whatever whatever there was a killer blah 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 but I feel like even if you do a good deed, you're still going to get charged for holding yeah, a knife to it. exactly. And it never goes back to that. Mm-hmm. Never says what happens. You know, but the cop runs off and goes to get help, and she has stolen his gun mm-hmm. at this point, too. She takes his gun when she's holding a knife to his neck. Mm-hmm. And this is, Brad was like, it's just a security guard. And I was like, no, it said police. Yeah. And I mean, he's a, he's a serial killer, right? Yeah. Yeah. And hasn't he killed multiple women? Yeah. He's a serial killer that has an actual cop on him. Yeah, exactly. And there's no, like, threatening a police officer, like, mm-hmm. assault with a deadly weapon, nothing. But she she goes into the killer's hospital room, and somebody has freed him, or he has gotten free somehow mm-hmm. from his restraints. And he's acting asleep, and she's like, I know you're not asleep. And mm-hmm. he wakes up, and she has the safety on, on the gun. Yeah. And she starts shooting, and he's like, safety's on, sweetheart, and knocks it out of her hand. And there's a big struggle, and he roughs her up, and she gets the gun back, and she shoots him. Well, first, she makes sure to time with the blackout, which right. is smart, because she's lived all these days. Yeah. She knows exactly when the blackout is. She's got it timed on her watch Yeah. that you see, and it blacks out. He can't find her, and it turns back on, and she's got the knife pointed at him and shoots him. It's yeah. great. Yeah. And then it cuts to her sorority house. All the chaos is over. She's sitting on the floor of her bedroom with Carter. Yeah, she's won. She killed the killer. So now she gets to enjoy her cupcake. She's sitting in the the 16 candles. Yeah, right. And she's got one little candle in this cupcake, and she blows it out, and 
She wakes up and it's the same day again. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, oh, here's the twist <laughs> on my notes. And she's like, what the fuck? She's mm-hmm. furious, obviously. She well, just yeah. killed a killer. Exactly. And she It timed, should be over. Yeah, it should be over, but it's not. So she died somehow. Mm-hmm. And she gets back to the sorority house. She goes through the whole walk, you know, and she's packing her shit to leave. She's like, Fair. I got to get out of Yeah. What else do you do? You killed the killer. You thought you broke mm-hmm. the cycle. And... Even though you killed the killer, you woke up. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? I would Run feel away. super... Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't take her long, though. Lori's like, I made you a cupcake. Mm-hmm. And you just see the epiphany in her face. Because she mentioned, she goes, yeah, I ate it last night. And then she realizes she did eat it last night. And she died in her sleep. Mm-hmm. Because the cupcake was poisoned. Right. With the carbs. Not with the carbs. Carbs are not poisoned. With carbs. <laughs> um... And she puts together that Lori had to kill her, or or tried to kill her. And you find out that Lori has also been banging the doctor. Yep. Which is why she was trying to get her to stop banging the doctor. But it's such a petty thing, too. She's like, he kept choosing you over me, you whore, mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's like, he's fucking married, first of all. Yeah, so he was all, already legally choosing someone else every yeah, single day anyway. Right, even if he wasn't, like, being faithful. It's like, yeah. you have come... If he's doing it with one person, you can just bet he's doing it with other girls. Like Exactly. Oh, but I thought that was kind of a stupid... I guess not. I mean, they, it is just a petty reason. I guess girls have killed... There's just countless, yeah. like, all of Snapped, like the TV show, you know? <laughs> right. Um... But, she, you know, she puts together that Lori had to kill her in another way because she would never eat. And it was like, oh, there's too many carbs or I don't have time or I don't want mm-hmm. it. Whatever the case may be, she got interrupted and she would never eat it. So Lori had to come after her in the baby mask and murder her. And they get into this cat fight. <laughs> there's a big old cat fight <laughs> in their room. And Lori ends up kicking her out the window. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> And she splats right in front of the poor little girl who's been sitting there just listening to music on the steps. Totally traumatizes her. Yeah. And it's so, I thought this was funny. And and that's the whole movie, you know. Mm -hmm. She goes through these days over and over and over and finally figures it out. And it was her roommate the whole time. It wasn't even the serial killer. And her Mm -hmm. roommate was the one that released the killer, though, because she knew. It would give her the excuse of it was him. She could frame the killer and get away scot-free, which is really smart. Exactly. And she goes to sleep again <laughs> in Carter's dorm room. And he set the song to go off to wake her up. And she wakes up and he's in the same position. And he's like, oh, hey, I don't know if you remember me. You were pretty wasted last night, oh which is exactly what he's been saying. And she's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And he's like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. I would be so, I don't even think that'd be a, <laughs> you asshole. Right. I think I would be legitimately furious. Oh, because walk this is, out. No cutesy yeah. fighting on the bed. Walk no, out. This is like a traumatizing experience. Yeah. And you're just like, I'm a pranker. Like, no. <laughs> Maybe do it like, I don't know, in a couple weeks or something. But not the day after. Mm-hmm. That is so fucked up. But yeah, it ends with them play fighting on the bed or whatever. And, and then they go to a diner. And yeah. he talks about Groundhog's Day. And yeah. she's never heard of it before, and he tries to explain it to her, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. So they, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, they just remade Groundhog's Day. Well, they acknowledged that mm-hmm. they, you know, it, in the a lot of similar. different ways, because mm-hmm. even her last name right. is Spangler. Right. Which is Ghostbusters. So. Yeah. Yeah, they did a really good job. So this is a rated PG 13 movie, and again, it. 
kind of horror. It's more like of a like a horror comedy, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's got some, of course, horror aspects with the kills. But the writer, Scott Lobdell, which commented on our Instagram today. That was very exciting. I know. We posted a little picture that we saw, Happy Death Day to you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'm the creator of Happy Death Day. I approved this message. And I was like, oh, my God. It was really cool. So if you go to our Instagram, which is at the Exorcisters podcast on our picture of our tickets for Happy Death Day to the creator of Happy Death Day, who also works on Marvel Comics. And he's done a lot of the mm-hmm. X-Men stuff. He worked on the Devil Daredevil TV show, commented. So that was really neat. That, was that made our day because exactly. we are still very new. And, mm-hmm. you know, so to see that, we were really excited. But anyways, um, he originally wrote a rated R script. And that he wanted the kills to be a lot more gruesome. But mm-hmm. the director was like, hey, let's cut it down to PG-13. And, right. you know... There's there's things to be said about that. These are like teen horror movies, the ones you'd go to in like middle school and high school, mm-hmm. you know, that are PG-13. But that doesn't mean they're bad movies by any means. Is the second one still PG-13? I think so. And he wrote it in 2007, and it was originally supposed to be Michael Bay and Megan Fox, like the Transformers movies. So it was just going to be explosions I guess. all the way through. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was like, that would have been interesting. I'm, I'm glad they didn't do that because I liked, you know, is it a horror movie? No, but... It's just, it was a fun movie, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think Michael Bay would have Mm-mm. done, Mm-mm. no offense to Michael Bay, but, and it had a $4.8 million budget, but most Bloomhouse movies are pretty low budget. That's why Which they do I, so that's well. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's why they do so well, because they're killing it on the profits. Mm-hmm. What really bothered me when I saw this movie in 2017, we saw it in theaters with our friend Jessica and Kayla, so we had a girls' night mm-hmm. and went to see Happy Death Day. And I don't know if you remember, I walked out of the theater and I was pissed. I yeah, didn't. We were moving along, bebopping, we're like, this is great, and then it just ends. And we're like... I was so mad. And not because it was a bad movie, but because you don't... How did this happen? Why did this... Like, I know why, because a jealous bitch, but how was this possible? We're just supposed to accept that this day just kept resetting over and over and over and over? Why her? Yeah. What? You don't get any answers like that. But I found out when I was researching it originally they had it in the script to mm-hmm. explain it a little bit but they omitted it because we I didn't know this at the time but there's there was a sequel mm-hmm. and so the happy death day to you goes into that so that's why they took it out of the first one but man when I left the first one I was like why though how is that possible which we'll talk about it in a minute but there's still one thing that they didn't explain even in the second one and they are considering another sequel, so I really hope it's answered in that one because it is bothering me. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll get if they do a third one, which apparently there was a credit scene in yeah, the second we one. We did miss we that, bailed. you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not that we bailed because we were like, oh, God, get we're out. Just I had to sure. pee so bad. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> so, Happy Death Day to You starts the day after Tree's birthday. Literally just picks right up where the first one left off. Right. Literally as they're laying on the bed play fighting. Yeah. It's there. It's that yep. part. But this time, it's not from her perspective right now. It's... This part right, isn't yeah, from her perspective. Right. It's uh, Ryan. So he's the roommate that just kept barging in. The fine vagina. Saying like, oh, you hate that fine vagina. <laughs> <laughs> and it's him. And he's kind of like the doofus friend. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of showing his story. And... He's a science major, and he's working on this thesis project. Mm-hmm. It's this weird machine that kind of reminded me of... Have you seen Spider-Man 2 with Doc Ock? Mm-hmm. Kind of reminded me of that machine. It was kind of like... Cuts out all the energy. And 
it's showing his story. And it's mm-hmm. interesting because he wakes up in his car because he slept in there because Tree spent the night in the dorm room and, you know, you yeah. can't have that. <laughs> so he's asleep in his car and he gets up and he's going through the same thing Tree did. This dog tries to bite him and he almost, this guy on the skateboard almost takes him out. And there's well, like there's a, a homeless guy I was behind the say, tree. <laughs> the homeless guy behind the tree scares the shit out of him. <laughs> and um, he goes in and, you know. He's like, she's here again, which is exactly what he said in the first one. It's mm-hmm. just a mirror of the first one. Which except... is exactly perfect. They yeah. say it exactly mm-hmm. like the first one. So it, it fascinates me. It's almost me. like they never stopped filming. Exactly. Yeah. Like, did they film all this other part knowing that there was going to be a sequel that soon? Yeah. Or were they those actors just that perfect? Because mm-hmm. they, they watched were... it and studied it oh over and over. Yeah. And he gets called into basically the, the science center and he's working on this project that's his thesis project and it's this machine and you find out that's what caused the blackouts in the first one right was this machine that he's working on because it is such an energy suck yeah and their dean is mad oh super, super mad. pissed and and because the dean is so mad about these blackouts he shuts down the project and they're going to confiscate this machine and so he's like sitting on this couch and pouting and then an unknown number texts him a picture of himself sitting on the couch. Can you imagine? Yeah, that's so creepy. No, like, no, no. if someone took a picture of us from behind right now when we're recording and sent it to us. F that. No. Lose my fucking no. mind. And he's like, what the hell? And he gets multiple photos mm-hmm. of him in real time. Both somebody, like, behind him or next to him or whatever. So, of course, he's really freaked out. So, he goes into the science lab to investigate and doesn't turn on the fucking light. He doesn't turn on the light. Right. Why do they always do that? Like... Why? God. Did they, have they never seen a scary movie? Right. And his friends scare the shit out of him. Of course, it's like building up the suspense again. Mm-hmm. Typical horror movie. He's walking real slow. Like, what the fuck is going on? You gotta have the little jump scare that actually doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's his friends. They scare the shit out of him. And there's I literally put in here, cheap jump scare. And then the killer stabs him. And he wakes up in his car, just like in the opening scene. And the killer's in the baby mask. Like, it's all the same as the first one. Mm-hmm. And he wakes up in his car and he goes to the day. He knows the dog's going to bite him. He throws, what was it, a rock or something? <laughs> yes. At the homeless dude behind the bush. And the homeless dude's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> it's so funny. And then the guy with the skateboard and all these things. There are so many funny parts this in this movie. This movie was so hilarious. funny. I really, this was a fun movie to watch. Like it's not, This one's not a horror movie, no, you guys. No. It really isn't. There's only a couple deaths and they're not really that scary. But it is super funny. When the writer of happy death day the creator commented on our instagram i of course went and followed him i was like oh fuck, this is cool and i was going through his posts and for the first one he posted this photo and he said uh he called it the little movie that could because he wrote it in 2007 and didn't get picked up for 10 years and he's basically just talking about how exciting it was to see all the love and hard work and it says on his instagram that it was so exciting seeing how many people responded to all the love and hard work that went into telling Tree's fable of redemption, even if it was subversively disguised as a horror flick. Right. Is exactly what he says, which I don't have any hate t- towards that. No. That's, it's a good way to get people a PG-13 yep. weekend movie, you know, that's not a bad movie at all. I was actually pretty upset that people were saying this was a horror movie and it wasn't a horror movie until the creator even mentioned that. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. 
I'm cool with that now. As long as now we have, have an understanding. It, exactly. Yeah. Because we were even like, when I got home from the movies, Brad was like, how was it? And I was like, well, it's going to be hard to review a horror movie that's not a horror movie. Exactly. But it wasn't a bad movie at all. At all. And there, there are some formula horror things. There are some suspenseful lurking and killing, but it's re- even less than the first one. Mm-hmm. And he walks into the dorm room and Tree and Carter are there and he's like, I'm living the same day over and over. And she's like, did you get killed? And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah. And she's like, she just knows. I know she's what's done going all on. This. I know exactly what's going on. And so now they're like, we got to fucking figure out why. And he tells, you know, he tells them he's having deja vu and she knows what he's going through. And her and Carter are like, but who's the killer this time? Mm-hmm. Because she got rid of Lori. She got rid of both of both and the, killers. Yeah. Tombs and Lori. Yeah. And she recaps her experience and he doesn't believe her. So she makes him... I love... He lays down on the bed and tries to go back to sleep thinking it's a dream. (laughs) And they're like, no, man, it ain't that easy. And um, they take her back to where he died. Like, they go back to the lab where he got stabbed. And she's, you know, arming herself because she's been through this. And Mm -hmm. there's a supply closet, which is where the killer came out of. She does so good. She's like... She's ready. You know what she doesn't do, though? Yeah. I know what you're going to say. Turn on the fucking light. (laughs) She does not Nobody do that. Turns on the light. But there is another girl who is smart enough and does. Yeah. Once you're again, right. the men don't, but the girl does. Right. <laughs> oh, we know light. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happens. They don't find the killer in this room. But they figure out that there's uh, this science project that he's been working on. It's made of proton lasers and some other stuff that I didn't catch when I was trying to make notes in a movie theater. <sighs> um, trying to prove that they can slow down time on a molecular level. And then they realize this is what created the time loop. And she's so mad. She's like, all of this is because of your dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> I would be too. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. So they have to figure out how to close the loop before the killer finds you again. Right. Is the whole thing here. So Tree, Carter, Ryan, and then the two friends. I didn't catch their name. Because again, I was in the back of a movie theater trying to take notes. And I just didn't catch everything. Yeah. Um, but these two friends that have been working on this project with Ryan are all helping. They're all in on this. And she's Tree kind of has this crisis. She thought that she was stuck in her death, basically to face her mom's death and become a better person. And so she's kind of upset that it ended up being a scientific fluke. She thought that she was chosen because, you know, for a reason to face something. And she wasn't. And so, but they all go, they're like, where is somewhere safe we can all go? And then somebody suggests, you know, a basketball game because... There's safety in numbers, basically, but there are masks everywhere because it's school spirit, you know, this is their school mask. And, of course, the fire alarm goes off and Ryan gets separated from the group and the mom and he sees the hooded mask coming towards him. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of masks around, but there's one that's literally staring him down. And going the opposite direction of everybody else to get to him. And so then he realizes it and Mm -hmm. it brandishes a knife. And so it's like, (laughs) he runs into a stairwell. Nothing good ever happens there is what I said, (laughs) but it leads to like a storage type of room. And there are these baby masks and Mm t-shirts and... Which, why? I don't know. They were like... To be creepy? Yeah, it was literally to be creepy. And all of the friends are coming after him basically, but the killer is almost on him and Tree finds him and knocks him out. I'm sorry, Tree finds him and knocks the killer out before the killer can stab Ryan. And then all the friends... Which is awesome. Yeah. And then all the friends come in and they unmask him. And this was kind of weird. It was a, it was Ryan. Yeah. Ryan was trying to kill Ryan. It was like a... It looked like a clone, basically. Right. Of Ryan. And they tie the clone, quote unquote, up. 
Right. And they're like, what the fuck? And this is very butterfly effect-ish. Yes. Like... It was very cool and very different. But it doesn't come back ever again in no. the rest of the movie. No, Ryan turns on the machine and the clone yells at him to stop because he's going to ruin everything. Mm-hmm. Because he's from the future or whatever. And the machine machine surges and knocks everyone off their feet in slow motion. And which it's was great. There's a yoo-hoo just going through the air. <laughs> I know, it was a really funny scene. <laughs> because the Dean's in there trying to shut this yep. down. Like, it's, you know... And then the surge knocks. Is that when he has the wrench? I think so. <laughs> there's two security guards that come in, and there's this teenage kid with a wrench. And even the dean's <laughs> like, he's just a teenage kid. Just get the wrench from him. But all the security guards are like, oh, God. Oh, no. It's going to hit me. <laughs> yeah, they're not cops. <laughs> but this surge knocks Tree back into mm-hmm. her repetitive death day. Mm-hmm. So we're back to, I thought going into this movie, it was going to be all about Ryan's death day. But mm-hmm. it's not. It knocks Tree back into exactly what happened to her right. in the first movie but it's different it is so ryan comes in as he has you know the whole time like oh, did you hit that fine vagina and she freaks out and she's like you sent me back you sent me back you have to fix it and he's like who the fuck are you because mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't you know she's back at square one right. and she goes back she's like okay i gotta go kill Lori. but right. the day doesn't pan out like it should I mean, it's all thrown off. Right. And this is the first time you realize that something's wrong. Because mm-hmm. as just as they walk in, Ryan knows Lori. Mm-hmm. And that hasn't been known before. That's weird. But yeah. we also didn't know a lot about Ryan. So maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Right. But the biggest thing is there's no poison cupcake mm-hmm. this time. There's so no cupcake at all. She's just like, yeah. mm, what? I didn't make you shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you figure out that... They'd start discussing a multiverse theory. Mm-hmm. So it's a dimension movie. There are different dimensions. Right. And she got knocked into a different dimension. Not a time loop. Right. In this theory, her boyfriend is the sorority house leader, Danielle's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And Danielle's actually like, she's still kind of snobby. But mainly. But she's actually like really nice and charitable. Yeah, she's better much yeah. better. She's still snobby and you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. she definitely is a lot nicer. She goes to meet her dad for lunch because, you know, she had decided she's going to be a better person mm-hmm. when she already went through this. And it's her birthday again. And she goes to meet her dad for lunch. And in this dimension, she goes to the restaurant and her mom is sitting at the table. Right. And in this dimension, her mom is alive, which brings a whole another element to the story. Right. You know, why at this point, why do you go back to the other one? And I literally wrote... In this, wow, this kind of fucked me up. Yeah, and she like loses it. She hugs oh, yeah. her so hard, like anyone would. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's—if I put myself in the same position, and I'm, you know, thinking my dad's been dead for—in her case, it was three years, you know—and mm-hmm. I go somewhere and I just see my dad in the flesh. I, I would have lost it worse than her. She's just kind of crying, like, oh my god, oh my god, I missed you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have probably fell to my knees and right. started sobbing and then it's like it brings in this whole another element to the story like I said and it really gives it a lot more emotional depth you know you go into this movie thinking kind of like the first one it's just gonna be a you know teen kind of horror-ish yeah, there's not you know, much comedy. to it yeah and it can still be a good movie you know mm-hmm. and, and there um, are some themes like the writer said of redemption and you know character change and things like that but I did not expect this movie has some emotional depth. Absolutely. Like intense emotional depth around this I know depth. it was hard for me to watch some of it. Yeah. So I can only imagine. Oh, yeah. It gets worse, too. 
I even wrote in my notes, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't go back. Absolutely You know, at not. this point, I'd be Never. like, oh, okay, I'm fine. Don't, don't fix it. If I relive this day every day and I get to see nope. my deceased parent, I'm good. Which I'm is fine. what she does. Yeah. They start to try and fix it and she goes tearing in there going, don't, 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 which no, don't. Yeah. I'm sorry, Carter's not my boyfriend, but like my mom's alive, so yeah. Would off. you choose boyfriend over dead parent? Yeah. I mean, come on. I would definitely choose parent, you know, like yeah. if I never got to see or anybody that I love that was gone forever. Jesus Absolutely. Christ. That is some deep shit. She can find another love interest. Yeah. you know, And that's when she runs into the lab and it's initializing. And right as it's initializing, she decides she wants to leave it. But in this dimension, the professor who she, she's been sleeping with, mm-hmm. the wife finds out that they've been, or she that finds out that somebody's someone. been sleeping with. Mm-hmm. Because in the other one, if you remember, Lori was also sleeping with right. the professor. So you hear this just kind of off the cuff, like, oh, who the fuck is she? No, no, no. Tree just kind of hear that. Here's that mm-hmm. happening off, like they're on campus grounds or something like that. Tree goes back to her original, you know, she knows that that killer is there because mm-hmm. she's already lived this. And she knows he's going to escape. So she runs back to the hospital and grabs the axe, but the cough handcuffs, hand, handcuffs her this time. The cop gets her this time, though. She doesn't pull one on the cop. The cop pulls one on her. And Mm -hmm. um, she handcuffs her. And then she finds out that it's not Lori or Toombs. Mm -hmm. That's the killer this time. So we don't know who the killer is in this dimension. Mm -hmm. So there's another mystery that has to be solved. She's basically telling Lori there is a killer here. Mm -hmm. You know? But they get in an elevator together and the killer cuts the power. They open up to a floor that's under construction. And of course... Always one There's under construction. There's hanging and all these, like, things that he can hide behind. There's and there's, like, flickering eyes. always a under construction in horror movies. Yeah, always. It's great. Always. <laughs> I, I literally in a said... Hospital. Yeah, I said flickering lights. Classic. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Lori gets stabbed and Tree's running away handcuffed. And which, she does so good. Yeah, I was Once about again to, say, to survive. Yeah. She does, like, this duck move and it's great. Yeah. And she wakes up. Because she runs off the top of the building. Yes. She's like running away so hardcore that she doesn't even pay attention to where she's going. And she just runs off the top of the building. And yeah. she she's <laughs> she like, rookie move. <laughs> yeah. Rookie move tree. So she wakes up and makes Ryan meet her in the lab. And she wants to stay in this dimension. But she also wants this loop closed so that she doesn't have mm-hmm. to keep living this. So she wants to basically figure out a way to where... They can close this loop so she can just live in this dimension. Right. And she comments, so this whole time she's been wearing the same grungy, gross clothes every single day. And yes, I made a comment too. I was like, is she only going to wear that one outfit? And then she actually makes the comment and it was great. She was like, I fulfilled it. Got to get out of these clothes. Yes, it was awesome. (laughs) I was so happy. But to get this loop closed, they basically have to figure out an algorithm and she has to remember the failed ones because they're like, "It'll, it'll take us days and days and days to test all of these different formulas. So the only way right. for us to get this done is if you remember the ones that have already failed. Which, I'm not saying she's not smart. She probably is. But we're basically going for the sorority sister that act like a, acted like a bitchy ditz before. And, and she, now she's supposed to remember quantum mechanics. Yeah, and she even got through her bio class. Yeah, she was he helped her. was the professor. Yeah, and also that. But... The professor, when she cuts it off, is like, you can't skate through my class anymore. She's That's like, I'm already dropped it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you like a tutor or something. No. I mean, like, he helped the grade book for her. Ew. <laughs> but she does a really good job. She starts writing things down and memorizing mm-hmm. them. 
And one of the other people working on this project basically is like, you know, if you don't want to get killed, you could just kill yourself in creative ways, which was probably one of my favorite parts was just her coming up with ways to, I know that sounds dark, but it's a comedy. Does that not glorify suicide? I mean, we have so many other shows nowadays that are saying that. Yeah. But I think the way that this show does it, it's like, she knows she's going to come back. She knows she's not dying for real. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's not like 13 Reasons Why, where it's like, oh, Hannah Baker got all the attention because she died. she jumps out of a plane. Doesn't that kind of... I'm not saying people are going to want to do it, but maybe someone goes, hmm, maybe that looks like fun. I I wrote down she gets creative and and funny with her death. These suicide scenes are hilarious. She jumps out of a plane in a bikini. I also made a note. How the the fuck did she get into that plane unnoticed in a bikini? And how did she land right in front of them? (laughs) (laughs) She landed right in front of Carter and Danielle. To traumatize the hell out of them is great. I'm assuming she went up fully clothed and then as they're... You yeah, know. that's but true. But I was like... Just sign up for the class and then take everything off. And yeah. Wander like, out. Who the fuck? How, that was the best one. How did anybody not notice that? I don't know because she also jumps into a wood chipper. That's horrifying. Oh my God. <laughs> she just like dives into a wood chipper. I was just like, no. <laughs> and a little fact about the wood chipper. It says on the side it belongs to Biff's tree removal service. Ah. And just like they called back to Groundhog Day in the first one, because everyone's like, oh, it's just Groundhog Day. The movie acknowledges that it got I some themes from that. I did not catch that. Yeah, Biff's tree removal, which is a call to Biff Tannen in Back to the Future 2. Did Because the plots that. are similar. That's awesome. And they also, Ryan and Carter mentioned to her, oh, it's like Back to the Future they 2. Do. And she's like, what? I've never seen it. And she mm-hmm. says in the first one, what's Groundhog's Day? Mm-hmm. You know? So it's just a little interesting little tidbit there. But after she kills herself a couple times, it's the same thing as the first one. She wakes up and she's getting pains in her stomach and she passes out. It's taking a toll on her body. And again, she wakes up in the hospital. Which, was she not the same body as the last movie? Wasn't she already dying in the last movie? Mm -hmm. I'm very confused. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like they want you to buy into this kind of being its own day all over again. Even Mm -hmm. though she's already been through this and she already knows this. Because the doctor she had an affair with he doesn't know her in this. Right. He has no idea who she even is. Yeah, in this dimension. she. Uh, so he comes in and he's like, uh, you should be dead. And she's like, Gregory, Gregory. And she's, he's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, of course, she gets out of her hospital bed and she actually knocks out the cop and takes his gun. Because she knows or she thinks Lori's about to be killed. Right. By the serial killer. And in this dimension, she loves Lori. She, you know, Lori is actually her friend in this dimension and and not trying to kill her. Mm -hmm. So she's sneaking around this hospital with a gun and she sees a blood trail, of course. She goes into a room with lots of curtains, like an ER room. And of course, they're all pulled and finds Lori dead on the floor and the killer behind her. Mm -hmm. And she shoots the killer and you see that it is the, it's Tombs. It's the serial killer. But another killer pops up and we don't find out who he is because she blows them both up. Right. Which is cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And she comes back and she goes back to the lab because she dies too. Mm-hmm. And now there's only one algorithm left to try and it works. So they're like, oh, yep, this is it. So do we just have to initialize it? <laughs> she just spells it out on the board and they're and just watching her like, Because they don't crap. And they also, something else that the movie asks you to buy and Chris Stuckman talked about this, and it was a really good point, and so I'm kind of reiterating his point. And I thought about this during the movie. You know, each day she comes back, 
she has to tell them this over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it just cuts that all out, obviously, because you don't want to see right. the same thing. But it just makes you buy that they're like, oh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and not like, are you fucking kidding me? It just like, they're like, oh, okay. And she shows them all these crazy right. things. I mean, they're definitely surprised that this ditzy looking blonde girl is yeah. so good at this math. But right. the other stuff, yeah, they're just kind of like, okay, well, we've reached that point now. Right. Now that she knows this algorithm will work and they've got the final one, is it boyfriend or mom? Mm-hmm. You know, now she's got this decision to make. And just like I would, she decides to stay in the dimension with her mom. Absolutely. But at this point, she has realized she's looking at, like, pictures on her phone and stuff. And she's realizing that she, even though she's in this dimension, none of the memories are hers. Mm-hmm. She doesn't remember. She's looking at pictures of her, her mom and videos and she's like... I don't remember any of this. So it's not just like she got into this dimension and now she is this tree. Right. That's not what happened. And, of course, there's this anticlimactic, something doesn't work, and there's a virus on the computer because when they decided to watch porn. (laughs) So they have to manually reenter all the coding, which Ryan Mm -hmm. says will take six to seven hours. And Carter makes the point to Tree that if she stays in this dimension, she's living a life that's not hers. And she could say she has an opportunity to actually say goodbye to her mom, which mm-hmm. a lot of people don't get. Right. Which I'll get there in a minute, but oof. And so she meets with her parents and tells them that she needs to get as far away from campus as possible so she can make it through the day and Ryan can finish the coding so she can stay in this dimension. Right. And Ryan finishes the coding and goes to close the loop basically is what he's doing and trees with her family and her mom brings up a memory of theirs and again she's like no i don't remember that yeah you know she she's realizing that she shouldn't stay basically because she's living a life like he said that's not hers and she also tries to get away and carter's mad because she runs away but she knows Lori's gonna get killed Mm -hmm. and She's like, I can't save everyone at the expense of myself anymore, which I got to give her kudos, honestly. Like, yeah, we all should do more for ourselves and less, you know, people pleasing. That's a different theme. But so Carter's like, OK, fine, I'll go to the hospital and save Lori since you won't. And Tree's with her parents in a hotel room and she sits down and she has this great scene with her mom. And she's like, if you had to choose between dad or her husband and losing someone she was close to you know, what would she choose? And she said, I would choose your dad a million times over because he gave me you. And that's kind of a messed up scene, honestly. Like, Yeah, definitely is. It's like she's choosing between her mom being dead and this boy at the surface. It's deeper than that, of course. Mm-hmm. But at the surface, it's like, boy, or dead mom. It's like, that right. sucks. And she knows that. It's not like she's not taking that decision to heart. But she realizes that... She's watching the news in that hotel room, and she realizes that Carter got killed trying to save Lori. And so she realizes if she doesn't go back, just like in the first one, Carter will stay dead. Mm -hmm. And obviously she doesn't want that. So she races back to the school. She steals her dad's car, and she races back to the school, and she realizes she can't get there, so she crashes her car. Well, she can't get a hold of Ryan first. Right, yeah. And he's getting ready to start this machine, which is going to close everything. Right, So and that'll be it. It's kind of perfect. She not only kills herself to restart it and save him but she also takes out this power plant yeah which cuts the power off to his machine she crashes the car into the smart yeah into the power grid which is smart and she wakes up and she basically decides that she should go back to her other dimension Mm -hmm. because this is not the life that she is supposed to be living 
which is tough. That's tough. And she, before she does that, she wants to tie up some loose ends. She gives Lori some life advice, you know. Mm-hmm. Dude's not worth it, yep. you know. Because Lori is the one that's... Sleeping with the doctor. Yeah. The married Still doctor. Yeah. in this dimension. And this, I didn't cry, but I was really close to losing it. She goes to her last lunch with her parents, mm-hmm. both of her parents. And she sits down and she asks her dad to talk to her mom alone. And she wants to say goodbye to her mom. Mm-hmm. Without her mom being sick, you know. Yeah. She gets to say a healthy goodbye. And she tells her how much she loves her and she's really sentimental. And it's a really wonderful scene. It killed me inside. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, it was rough. Because I was just putting myself in that situation with my yeah. father that is also dead. And, like, there's a lot of things that you would do to talk to a loved one again. And that that, that kind of fucked me up, to be honest with you. And that... I think that that's why, you know, at first I was like, eh, this movie is meh. But when they brought in some really, truly emotional depth to it, I was like, okay, this movie is more than the surface level. Right. Still not a horror movie. No. (laughs) But when it's time to finally go back and she's accepted this and said goodbye to her mom, then cops come early, Mm, or like security guards, and they take the when it's almost time to send her back it gets taken and confiscated and she said that she's like i can't die again mm-hmm. i don't think i'll wake up this time right i think i'll be dead for good so they come up with a plan to steal the machine back from the dean which he is locked in his office and then you know they're like i can't get expelled da, da, da. and ryan gets this has this dramatic hero music and is like let's do this we've got to <laughs> help we're the ones that did this man 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 you know whatever but <laughs> They get Danielle, the head of the sorority house, involved. <laughs> I loved her so much in this scene. That is my favorite scene ever. She alludes that she's <laughs> acting in plays earlier. And so she's they're trying like, to act blind. hey, can you act like a blind girl and wander the Dean knits at night in like the teacher's lounge thing? And she goes in and basically creates a diversion. She acts like she's blind, so she's falling all over she's herself. She's French. And- blind person yes. <laughs> and she's falling all over herself and breaking things and, and breaking his him. nose with her cane yeah. and oh my god it's great and then she she gets caught up in this rug while they're trying to get the dean's keys yeah she gets caught up in this rug he finally gets her out and her hair's all messed up and she's pretending to be french and she goes gracias <laughs> i lost it <laughs> it does like we said it has some really good humor in it. i will definitely probably buy this and watch it for fun oh, yeah definitely. yeah um, but they get the key. She get Daniel ends up running and getting the keys, running back as the dean's distracted. It is a pretty funny scene. Uh, but they get the keys and they get it. They have to redo the coding. And then so while they're redoing the coding, Trey's like, fuck. She goes to try to save Lori. And this time she puts a gun to the cop's head while he's peeing. <laughs> and, and he pees forever. <laughs> She's like, no, you can finish. It's like, and this pee scene lasts forever oh my god some of the comedy hit in this and some of the comedy missed but it's it was you know mm-hmm. comic relief because she's <laughs> about to do this big whole dramatic thing and uh she shoots this the killer the serial killer tombs and saves Lori. but gregory is the killer after Lori. but there's more he's trying to kill Lori because his wife found out about Lori's affair but twist his wife is in on it too mm-hmm. and What's weird, though, is the wife is like, 
you think I'm gonna let some little slut ruin my life, man, man, man? She's like, I'm gonna kill you and you, talking to Tree and Lori, because they've been knocked down at some point, and you know, Lori's been shot and she's just laying there bleeding on the ground. She's yeah. not dead, but she got shot in like the stomach. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> twist. Good thing she's in the another hospital. twist. Yeah. Uh, Gregory also kills his wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just is like. Fuck all these women. I'm not going through a divorce. It's like, yes. I hope there's something way worse He just now. kills her. So he's like, I'm going to kill Lori, I'm going to kill Tree, and I'm going to kill my wife all at once. What are you going to do after that? Exactly. What's the plan? I know the plan was to frame the killer, but like... Do you continue to work at that hospital? Do you shoot yourself? I don't... And also, the killer has... Toombs has already been killed, and cops are pretty good at putting together a sequence of events. Yeah. Based on how much he's bled out, and then what else happened. Slank. Mm, <laughs> poor planning. And she... <laughs> he starts chasing after Tree eventually because Lori's, you know, on the ground. And mm, so Tree's just gonna... Just bleeding out. Yeah, yeah. Tree's gonna take him on herself. And I thought this was an interesting kill. They run into an MRI room. Yeah. I am confused about one thing, though. Why was it, it in there? It talk, No, no, no. Oh, okay. It talks about the MRI being a huge magnet, which I get. That's what it is. Wouldn't it have yanked the buttons off of her jacket? Maybe they were plastic. Confused. Yeah. They looked metal. She's wearing like a denim jacket. I assumed yeah. those buttons were metal of some sort. Right. Should have yanked it off, right? Yeah. Mm. But she's holding a screwdriver as what she's been carrying around as her weapon. Yeah, which is great. And she, he comes in and um, he's standing right in front of the MRI. And mm-hmm. she sees the button to turn it on. And there's a wheelchair next to her. And the wheel, she turns it on the wheelchair, pins him against the MRI machine. And she basically gets the screwdriver in position and then lets go and mm-hmm. it, it stabs him and it kills great. him. It was a very creative kill. Mm-hmm. It was. I have to give it that. After that, I put the thingy finally worked. <laughs> the thingy. <laughs> so the, it, it sends her back to her dimension. Mm-hmm. It finally worked. While shattering glass and doing this perfect beautiful Oh yeah, kissing. Carter comes and she's like, I'm going back to be your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And then they kiss and there are sparks flying. It's very intentionally cheesy like tongue in cheek it's very it's, like it's very 80s which is, i think that yeah. that's what they're going they for did the this. they did the thing in the first one they're yeah. talking about back to the future mm-hmm. and all this it's a very 80s kiss lovey scene so that was a good one this movie is very self-aware the yeah. writing is very self-aware it doesn't pretend to be anything that it's not no you know other than marketing as a horror movie to get people there i mm-hmm. feel like but it's still not a bad movie at all and like i said it's very tongue-in-cheek and aware of what it is and she goes back into her dimension, and ta-da, now we're set up for a third one. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she's back, and all is right, except, of course, her mother is gone, but she's got this yeah. at least sense of she got to say goodbye and some closure with that. And, you know, this movie, I liked it. I Again, not, I can't say this enough, not a horror movie, but... So funny. It's it's a funny movie. It's got and some so kills. Sad. Yeah, it's just got a lot to offer. Which I really like. And it is set up for a third one. So, you know, I know we don't have a lot of, like, factoids to talk about. It's still a a new movie. I'm still stuck with, and this is the one thing I really hope they finally explain in the third one, but they explain how it happened. They don't explain why it's Tree. She's not the closest one to the lab. Mm -hmm. She doesn't do experiments there. She really has nothing to do with that experiment. There are so many other people. You watch Ryan walk through. There's so many other people in this dorm right now. Mm-hmm. Why her? 
Yeah. That's my one question. And it even she even gets upset because she thought the why was to f- some cosmic yeah. universal reason to face her mom's death, but she ends up saying it was just like a scientific accident. So you don't know why it's her. And that's what this movie also asked you to do. The first one I was pissed because I wanted to know the why. Mm-hmm. And then there was a second one. And mm-hmm. this one, it's like, again, there's another big why. And so there's talks of a third one. Again, there was a credit scene that we missed. So I'm not quite sure what that sets up. But it is set up for a third one. And if the third one comes out, I'll probably go see it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you'd like to join our little podcast family, I will, I'm going to give some social medias. On Facebook, we are The Extra Sisters Podcast. On Instagram, we are also at The Extra Sisters Podcast. And on Twitter, we are just at The Extra Sisters. Please, again, feel free to email us if you have any paranormal stories or comments or anything you would like to share. It is theexorcisters at gmail.com. And we are available on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Pocket Cast, and our YouTube channel, which is also The Extra Sisters Podcast. And next week, we're going to delve into the case file of the Warrens. Until then, stay creepy.